0: Hello, and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020, and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. Quite apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So, I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of shelter at home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in. And, at the same time, preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a very few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones, or that speaker, grab a cup of tea, or a glass of the good stuff, and take a seat. This is Coexisting. My name is Beck.
1: I am American. I've been living in China for 17 years. I'm in Shanghai, and I'm a journalist, and I'm a mom, and I also have lots of side projects going on all the time. I've lost track of the days that we've been at home because, gosh, it's been months. We came back from visiting my in-laws on January 27th and we've been here ever since. Today is April 23rd. (laughs) Seriously, like I just realized, it's almost May. I've just been on this constant feeling like it's February. I am with my husband and my two kids. We are hanging out together in our little home. I'm a journalist, and I also run a music festival with my husband. During this time, Actually, it's been an incredibly busy time for me because in January and February, this was a big news story in China. And I felt like I had things I wanted to say and stories I wanted to share. And so I really kind of had sort of a lot of motivation to go out and be reporting a lot. I'm not go out. Actually, I didn't go out at all. I was actually in my home reporting from underneath my daughter's bed, but I did get a lot of work done. So that's how life has been. We had been traveling for Chinese New Year. We actually went through Wuhan and ended up at my in-law's place in Henan, which is in central China. We were scheduled to stay there for quite a while and we had to leave and come back to Shanghai because we just knew we would get stuck there. And we didn't want to get stuck there. So when we got back to Shanghai, we went immediately into self-imposed quarantine because we had been through Wuhan and we'd also been in Hunan where there were a number of cases. And so during that time, I just thought, huh, this is an interesting experience. And so I just thought, well, who could I pitch this story to? And started pitching, started getting in touch with media that I had contacts with or people I didn't know either. I just was like, hey, I've got some information. I've got some stories. I've been talking to people and just started pitching. I wasn't keeping a journal, which is sad. I wish I had been journaling, but at least I have some kind of record of what I was doing or what I was thinking during that time. Usually when I'm reporting, I like to meet people face-to-face. I always want to go and travel and talk with people. I'd like to see where they are. I'd like to have that face-to-face interaction. And this time, I mean, I couldn't. For the first two weeks, I was quarantining myself for 14 days and I couldn't go out. So I started calling people on the phone or calling people on WeChat. And that was a really different experience. I, had, I looked in my WeChat and I was like, who do I know who's from Wuhan? And I just started reaching out then I wanted to do something about parenting. So I just reached out to all my parents' friends just to check in with people. And I ended up having these great conversations with people, but it was so weird because I was at home and my kids were right there. And so sometimes I'd be coming in while I'm in the middle of an interview and I'd be like, hey, who are you talking to? <laughs> and so I had to be like, ah, you know, having an interview right now. <laughs> um, and they would want to say hello to the people I was interviewing. Just totally different kind of a setup and experience. But the people I was interviewing were so understanding because they had family members or kids that were walking in as well. So we were all kind of just checking in on each other as you would being concerned. But we were also I was also able to get some reporting done. So that was that was a really interesting experience. It was strangely intimate to have these conversations with people that I some of them I didn't know at all and just hear about how their lives were being affected. Wuhan went into lockdown on January 22nd or 23rd. I remember it clearly because I wasn't in Wuhan, but I was near there. And I walked out on the street and, you know, everyone was wearing masks all of a sudden, just like sort of overnight. So I remember that day very clearly. I was paying attention to this because just like the week before we headed back to my in-laws for Chinese New Year, we bought a flight to Wuhan and then a train ticket from Wuhan to my in-laws. And like a week before I was like, Oh, something's going on in Wuhan. I made sure I got masks because I just was like, Oh, we're going through this place that is, you know, we don't know what's going on there. We don't know the exact situation. We better stay safe. So yes, I was paying attention to it. And then you couldn't not pay attention to it. Everyone was talking about it. So it was the topic. Shanghai, I don't think ever formally locked down, not like Wuhan. You know, Wuhan just like can't go in and out. You had to everyone was having to be in their home. In Shanghai, it really depended on where you lived. You know how everyone in China lives in these kind of compounds. It's not like in the in the States where you have a you just walk out of your door and you're on the street. In China a lot of people live in these gated compounds, apartment complexes. So you could get out of your home but you couldn't get out the gate. People were telling me about, you know, what their experience in Wuhan was. You, they weren't able to find food. So they had to do like group buys on WeChat to just get pork or rice, and then someone would deliver it. And then you could go down to the gate and pick it up. That's a totally different experience from what we experienced in Shanghai, which is quite varied in where I live. When I got back from my in-laws, nobody was at the gate. There was no one paying attention at all. Eventually someone was guarding the gate, but you could go in and out and nobody stopped you, but they were taking your temperature and they were making sure you were wearing a mask. But in other people's compounds, they had like a little ticket that you had to give if you wanted to go out and only one ticket was given per family. And so certain people could go out of the house, but not everyone could go out. And then in some places, it was like only once every two days. It wasn't a city-wide thing. I think people's experiences in Shanghai were just, you can't say there was one experience because depending on whether there was a case near you, there was more or less restrictions. I'm mean, going to have to think about when things started opening up again because time sort of, you just get used to things and then, and then they started loosening up. It must have been late March, Because it started getting a little warm and I noticed it was springtime. I noticed more people out on the streets. The parks opened up again. And so people were going to the park. So I think that was late March. Kids are still at home. Bigger kids are going back to school next week and then in the coming weeks. But little kids like first, second and third graders and kindergartners aren't going back to school yet. And we don't know when that will happen. The older kids can go back now because number one, they're old enough to be able to adhere to social distancing and wearing masks, and also because they do have exams. So the pressure is on to sort of keep them on their path to moving up to the next grade. But the little kids, I think they figure they're not really that good about hygiene, masks, that kind of thing. And I think they're just trying to figure out how it's going to work. We've seen in other provinces that schools are back in session, but the pictures you see are like kids eating their lunch on the playground, standing a meter apart. It's like, it's just weird. And I can't imagine my daughter's school being able to do that because it's a very small physical space. And I just can't imagine they would be able to separate people by a meter. One of the ways that the government here is Making sure that everyone's healthy and disease is not spreading is that you've got a QR code on your phone that you have to register and it's tracking you. So it's basically tracking to see whether you've left Shanghai, whether you've gone to some other place where it's not as safe, whether you've been in contact with anybody else who has been exposed. It's got all this information about you. You use that to access either compounds like you want to go visit a friend I had to use I had to show them the code to get in and they took my temperature and I wrote down my phone number and all this information I went to the library I had to show the code I had to get my temperature taken I had to write down my all my information so they're really trying to track people so that if there's a case they can backtrack and find all the people you, you, like if you don't have the app then you just can't get in It is the middle of the night. It's one o'clock in the morning. What can I see? I can see the mess that my children have made that I have not picked up. I live in a very small apartment, so over there is our dining table, which is also where we do schooling in the morning. In front of me is where the kids are playing all the time. It is very quiet because my children are asleep. It's never quiet here unless they're asleep which is why I do a lot of work in the middle of the night. (laughs) This has been a real gift to me to be forced to spend a lot of time with my kids and really on my good days, practice empathy, practice just giving them as much love as I can. I fail on a daily basis, you know, like, it's just, I really want to be that mom that, you know, is like, yeah, we're going to have fun during this time. Well, no, man, it's tough. So I've had to be very, I'm apologized to my kids a lot because they're like, man, I'm sorry. I was just grumpy. (laughs) And they're like, it's okay, mom. We're grumpy sometimes too. So, you know, we're trying to just forgive each other and um, get through the days. During this time, it opens people up to being a little bit more bare, open with each other about what they're feeling, that's an interesting experience. Having conversations with people I normally would not open up that much to or have people open up to me that I was like, oh, wow, I just wasn't expecting that. People sending masks to people that I know, you know, they said, oh, do you, you have people in the U.S.? Do you have people that you would like to send masks to? And I said, yeah, I've got, you know, friends who are medical workers. And they said, listen, I've been raising money here. I'm going to buy some masks and I'm going to send it to them. Like, that's so nice. That's really touching. Because people were doing it the other way as well. And so I think people just feel like, oh, if we can help out and do something, let's do it. When you're in the middle of something, it can feel pretty bad. If you look at it every day, it might seem like each day is just awful and hard. But if you look at it through the span of like, if you look back upon those months that we just went through, gosh, it just went by. And it's different now. It's totally different now. And yet, I didn't even notice it. Like, I couldn't tell you the day it changed, but it's totally different now. And so I know that will happen for other people too.
0: Thank you for listening to Coexisting. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, I would be grateful if you could share this with a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That way, that many more people will find us.